the blast from our past network. Abandoned by your parents, without a home, without people to care for you, you should have died. But instead, you fought. Your entire life has brought you to this moment. Do not fail yourself. Do not fail your family. Now the time has come for you to prove. Talking Back. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Talking Back. This is the podcast where we like to chat about past achievements in movies, comics, video games, and more. I'm your host, Tim. And this week, we are covering another ninja movie. Dean, welcome. Hey, Tim. I think I may have leveled up watching this movie. Oh, did you? I may have, yeah. As a ninja? As a ninja, yeah, of course. Well, what are you now? You're, you you um, were orange before, right? I was orange, yeah. I was orange before. I think now I'm, uh, I'm a little bit more like tangerine. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Like a slight level up. Tangerine? That's impressive, Dean. Yeah. You really like yeah, this I movie, know. hey? Yeah. Well, I just felt like uh, I felt like it taught me some things. It taught me some things I didn't know that leveled me up. Yeah, it taught you how to kill a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, taught me a lot about limbs. Yeah, how to pop limbs off. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, before we get into all of that, Dean, I wanted to say that we're getting close to the end of the year of the ninja. I know, so close. Yes, with only two more movies to go, we are still looking for something to be as good as Duel to the Death. Right, the, yeah. The very first movie that we watched this year. It's incredible that that first movie just... It just it easily set the bar for us of what a perfect movie looks like. It's so funny. Now we go in and we go, okay, I know what a perfect movie looks like. I know what 100 out of 100 looks like. Um, will we find it, Tim? Will we find another movie to match that? We will see. We'll see. We will see. Yeah. Who knows? We'll Maybe Who knows? it's this one. It could be. It could be. We'll see once we get to could the ratings. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's only two chances left, though. That's the problem. Yeah, and this is one of them. This is one of them, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Now, as for next year, and what we're going to be doing next year with our annual year of the something, mm -hmm. we don't know. We don't know yet. Not a clue. Yeah, I have some ideas, but I, I, I don't know, Dean. You don't know. I thought it would be fun to invite the listeners to send in some ideas of their own. Sounds like fun. And maybe we'll choose one, maybe not. But if there's something out there that you feel like you'd like to hear us talk about every Monday uh, of the year, no, no, every first Monday of the month of the year, then, you know, hit us up on uh, the socials or 
send us an email at talkbackpod at gmail.com. Let us know your ideas, and who knows, we might just choose one. Yeah, what if someone just wants the same movie 12 times? It's an idea. You can drop any idea. I'll tell you what, that's not even a, a bad idea. I, I know. Because... It's a pretty good idea. <laughs> like, I just feel like, I don't know. You could review it so many different ways, and every time you yeah. every time you watch a movie, you you could pick something else out out of it. So that's not even a bad idea, but we'll see. It'll be interesting. A- any idea is up for grabs. It doesn't have to be yeah. reasonable either. Just whatever you think, whatever you feel like. Let us yeah, know. We're not just saying this with also something in mind, and we're just like, yeah, give it a shot. Throw out something to try to make it better than what we have in mind. We're wide open right now. So could be yours. Could be your idea. Yeah, I've, I've got a few ideas. I've got a few things we could okay, go to. Okay, I have to, nothing. But I'm curious to to hear what the listeners say because they're the ones listening. Okay, cool. So, yeah, I'm I'm just being generous is what I'm doing here. This is and that is very generous. Th- this is normally not something I like to do very often, but I'm being generous, yeah. and we'll see what happens. This is how generous Tim you threw it out to the listeners before you threw it out to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. You didn't even throw it out to your co-hosts to be like, hey, what should we do next year? You threw it out to the listeners. That's how generous. Exactly. <laughs> now, this month, we are covering a movie that leveled Dean up. Yeah. And it is called Ninja Assassin. Dean, this was your choice for the Ninja Walkthrough this year. It was. Why did you want to add this to the Ninja watch list? Okay. So I wanted to add it because I remembered that I went to it in theaters. And I remember I was going to a lot of things uh, in 2009 in the theater. I was uh, I was just recently in like a break from school. I'd been in school for many years. And then I uh, got like an internship somewhere. So it's a little bit of a break from school where you get to work. And then you're going to go back to school later. And so I was in a little break. So I was going to a lot of movies. I didn't have homework to do, none of that stuff. So uh, I was just trying to see a a bunch of stuff in theater. And I saw this movie just kind of on like a blind watch. Like it wasn't like, oh, I really want to go see Ninja Assassin. It's just like, okay, what's in theaters this weekend? Oh, Ninja. That sounds good. Ninja Assassin. Great. Let's go. Went to it. Loved it. Absolutely loved it. One of those where I came out of theater and I was like, oh, that was awesome. What a great movie. Then watching it again this time, it really uh, brought back uh, a lot of memories. I knew exactly what was going to happen in every single moment. Uh, I think I owned this at one point. Um, I had a, uh, I think I had a DVD copy of this at one point. I no longer have it, but I think I've watched this like five times. Okay, cool. Um, I think that was probably the optimal way to see it. Like in theater on the big screen, not knowing what it is, zero expectations. This would have been great. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I would say like this watch probably my expectations lowered or like my my uh outlook of the movie maybe lowered a bit just because i had those big expectations of like how great great it was because when i walked into that theater i had no idea and it just like blew my mind yeah well this is a first time watch for me so uh yes i i had a fun a fun time but um as i was watching it i definitely thought man this would have been great in theater yeah for sure it cool. has some of the coolest ninja things that we've seen so far in, yep. in this walkthrough. 
The use of ninjas hiding and moving in the shadows is absolutely top-notch. And the throwing stars were easily the most devastating we've ever seen. Yeah, These totally. motherfuckers are the size of softballs. Like They yeah. look like they weigh a lot. They look just formidable. And then when they're thrown, it looks like they're being shot out of a machine gun. It's so much speed behind those things. Yeah, it's a great. Whenever uh, throwing stars are flying through the air, uh, it's a good it's a good time. They make it look really cool too with some sort of like bullet stream type things behind them, like they're just cutting through the air. Uh, I like it. I think it looks awesome. Um, this is I had like I've had this idea for years about ninjas, and like the cool thing that I like about ninjas is that in the shadows they're unbelievable they move uh, you can't even tell what they're doing you they they're like over here and now they're over there but as soon as a light shines on them they're they're almost not not useless but like that goes away that that they're just regular you know the light shines on them there's regular people trying to run away from the light and i got that from this movie and i didn't really realize that until i watched it this time and just like reminded myself of all these scenes i was like oh yeah that's where my idea of like this ninja movement comes from yeah i mean they did a tremendous job with that uh, there are yeah. several things in this movie that remind me of the game Mark of the Ninja that we covered. Totally. Uh, yeah. I, I really feel like the game developers took inspiration from this movie. Uh, yeah. This is one of them, like hiding in the shadows. That game is all yeah. about hiding in the shadows. You're basically like shitting your pants anytime you're in the light. But yeah. when you're in the dark, you're basically invisible. Uh, there's a couple other things I'll point out along the way, but very... Very, very similar in, in many ways. Yeah. And with that being said. Almost. Oh. Yeah. After. There it is. Wow. After uh, 10 months of using this sword. <laughs> The batteries. There, that was a good one. They feel, the batteries feel sad. Yeah. Here we go. You know what? The the year of the ninjas coming to the en end, and so is that sword. Yeah, this sword this sword is on the way out for sure. Yeah, it dropped a level. It, I pulled it out and it didn't even work for like five seconds. Yeah, now it's working pretty solid. Yeah. Well, the well, I think the batteries have to be down. Has to be down like this. Here we go. You just got a warm light them up. show now. Yeah, <laughs> the lights sure do work. The lights are working. Okay. Oh wow! I'll lay you to rest, my sword. All right. Here's a quick synopsis of the movie. A young ninja turns his back on the orphanage that raised him, leading to a confrontation with a fellow ninja from the clan. Eh. Yeah. It's okay. It's not uh not it's, uh, perfect. It's not what I would write. But no, it's not what I would write either. <laughs> it's okay. I didn't write it though. So Yeah. Yeah. I'm too lazy to write something, so I just read the ones that are provided. Great. It is great, Dean. Yeah. Thanks. Thank you for saying so. Released in 2009 with a budget of 50 million dollars. This film only grosses 60 million dollars and that is Yikes. not good that is not good it got my uh it got my ten dollars maybe five dollars maybe i went on a cheap movie night but uh got my got my ten 
Now, there was also a Ninja Assassin game released for the iPhone, and it looked okay. Like, it wasn't, like, anything too great. Uh, but I don't think it's available any longer because I looked for it. I wanted mm. to play it. Not there. But okay. uh, that was a thing at the time. Hmm. This movie was produced by some heavy hitters, Joel Silver, the Wachowskis, and Grant Hill. Um, Probably the most expensive looking ninja movie we've watched this year, would you say? Yeah. I, I think yeah, it has I think to be. It, eh? I think definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Now, directed by James McTeague, he hasn't done much, but he did direct V for Vendetta, which uh, is a movie uh, I like a okay. lot. Yeah, that's very similar uh, visuals to this for sure. Yeah, and Wachowski's behind that as well. So um, interesting. Okay. Yeah. I did read, though, that McTeague had success before being a director as a first assistant director on Dark City. Star Wars Episode Two and the first three Matrix films. Yeah, so cool. he's got a lot awesome. of experience in that regard. Yeah. Now for the cast, we have a Jung Ji Hoon, better known by his stage name of Rain. Awesome. He's a South Korean singer, songwriter, dancer, actor, and record producer. His role in Speed Racer is what secured him the role in this movie. And mm. he plays the main character, Rezo. Wow. And he had no training previously to, like, signing on for this movie. So he did some, like... Okay. They trained him ahead of time. And, man, you could not tell. This this guy looked... No. He looked like he actually had been raised as a, a child to become a ninja. For sure. Man, the stuff he did, he did some some wild stuff. I was like, man, this guy, why didn't he where's his big martial arts like career? Why didn't I why haven't I seen him in other things? Um, is he in other things? Um I don't know. I don't know. Like I feel like he's gotta be in some other martial arts things and I just can't think of them right now. But yeah, anyways, he was amazing. Naomi Harris. I know and love her from twenty eight days later. But uh, Hell yeah. she's been in a bunch of stuff, including Pirates of the Caribbean, Miami Vice, Skyfall, and Spectre. She plays Europol agent Mika. Mm -hmm. We have a Ricky Yoon, who's been in The Fast and the Furious, Die Another Day, and Alita Battle Angel, playing yeah. Takeshi, the leader of the ninja team that's sent after Rezo. And we have... A Show Kasugi, who's been in two of our ninja movies so far, Ninja 3 The Domination and Pray for Death, he's playing the leader of the evil ninja clan, Lord Ozunu. Hell yeah. He was awesome. He was awesome. Now, um, it, fun, because he's, from what we saw of him, he was playing the good guy, and here he plays the right. bad guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is fun. What a yeah. good, what a good bad guy he played. Oh, incredible! Yeah, great role. Yeah, great choice. Great casting choice. Yeah, yeah. Now, the opening scene of this movie is nothing short of incredible, and sets the tone for the rest of the movie with its coolness factor and just utterly grotesque level of violence. Yep. <laughs> you you have a gang leader. That's getting a tattoo. 
and he receives a letter, and all that's inside is black sand. The tattoo artist, uh, this like old wise man, tropey character, says he saw someone get a letter like that one time before. That was right before everyone in the room except him was killed. And he opens his shirt up, revealing a tattoo of a ninja and a scar from a sword. He says he only survived because his heart is in the wrong place. A birth defect. Mm. It's a bit right. bit to the right. The, uh, the gangsters here are not taking him very seriously at all. The, the old man looks terrified. Like he's, he's pooping his pants yeah. here. And they're just oh, like, yeah. you know, why are you so scared? No big deal. They're like laughing at him. They're tough guys. Oh, yeah. They're, they they sure look them. like tough guys. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> the guy was crying about his tattoo the whole time. <laughs> yeah, he was. He was being a wiener about getting his tattoo. Yeah. <laughs> he did have the biggest handgun I may have ever seen in my life, though. Yeah, true. That's true. But they're mocking him. And I'm waiting for it. Like, I'm this yeah. old man se- oh, yeah. seems to know what he's talking about. And I'm waiting for it. And then it comes. One of the guys gets his head cut clean in half. Yeah. And it like ha- the top half falls on the ground. And then we see all the lights being taken out. This was very mark of the ninja. It was like it was exactly. like three in a row. Yeah. It was like bang 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 just as if yeah. we had we had targeted three in a row and you know your yeah. projectiles all come totally. out at the same time. Yeah. And the yeah. the lights even fell down just like it was like Live action Mark of the Ninja. Yeah. We see a chain come down from above, grab a guy, pull him up. That's Mark of the Ninja. Yep. And then his body parts start falling to the ground. <laughs> that was that was great. So good. Yeah. Yeah. Another guy gets cut in half at the chest. Another one's leg gets cut off. Two more get obliterated by throwing stars until only the leader is left. His hands are cut off. And then his head is popped off. The old man watches as a ninja crawls out of a shadow on the floor. Yes. The ninja walks over and cuts the old man's head off. And the blood splatter creates the title card of Ninja Assassin. Holy shit. So good so fucking good what a great start to the movie that's when you're sitting down in the theater and you don't know what's coming and it's just like that's the opening to the movie so great um the cutting so like a lot of things here yeah go ahead. Um, the cutting of the head in half right at the beginning um there's a really nice uh there's a really nice uh like leftover half a head on the shoulder still where you like can see the tongue inside of the head because he cut it right above like right basically in the mouth and so the tongue is still on the half of the head that is on the body it's disgusting uh, it's awesome uh yeah then the guy gets pulled up and then pieces of him just drop down what a cool idea that's so great just like body parts are falling from the ceiling so good and then oh my goodness the ninja coming out of the ground like basically out of a shadow that was just on the ground just kind of stands up out of it so cool this movie's going to do it a couple times where you're just like looking somewhere and there's nothing there and then a ninja just comes out of like there like something and he just like appears there and it's like could he have even been crouching there like is it are the physics right for that ninja to actually be in that shadow it's so cool uh yeah this was such a great start and, and like there's like the 
the talk of being afraid of ninjas too, right? They don't want to like say the word ninja at the beginning. So that just builds, it's just building all this tension for us. And then boom, it happens right away. Great fight or like, yeah, great uh, action sequence at the beginning here. Great start to the movie. Yeah. That old man, he's afraid to say the word ninja and those guys are laughing at him. Yeah. Uh, He also said something interesting. He called the ninja it. He he referred to them as an it and not as something that's even alive, but as he put it, something from hell. So this movie is not really like based in the supernatural, but I did like that aspect right off the bat that kind of alludes to the possibility that these guys aren't even human. Yeah, and for sure. I mean, there's enough things dropped in the movie. They might not be. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And I just like it all as sort of the, like, if you think of like the ninja legend that just grows, like to the point where this guy's telling the story and he's telling it as they're demons, you know, they're from hell. And, but we do actually visually see some stuff on the screen where we're like, oh yeah, I don't know. Like they might not even be human. They might have some sort of supernatural element going on. Like they for sure have some supernatural elements going on. I mean, for sure. Yeah. Really only one for certain, but we'll get to that. Um, Yeah. While all this stuff is happening in this tattoo parlor, you know, people are getting killed left and right. We never once see any aspect of a ninja. Right. It's all just weapons coming out and people dying. Yeah. So, yeah. great touch. Now, we meet Naomi Harris playing Mika. She is investigating the massacre that we just watched. <laughs> like that. Yeah. Yeah. She has reason to believe that ninja clans still exist and actually steal children and turn them into ninja. We meet Rain playing Rezo. And, man, a great intro for him as he's at a laundromat. Yeah. A woman asks for help folding a sheet. Uh, She's beautiful. I'm... And super sweaty. (laughs) Yeah, true. Yeah. I'm 100% thinking that she's hitting on him. Right. And he knows better because he immediately asks what clan she's from and they start fighting. Yeah. So did... Did you get tipped off to how he knew? I didn't get tipped off. I just thought I I was really noticing that she was sweating. So that's what I thought. I thought maybe he noticed she was nervous or something, but that's, that's all I could tell. Okay. So I watched it twice with these ninja movies. I kind of like watching it once for the experience. And then I need to go back the second time to get the ratings down, like to make sure I caught all the, uh, the stuff, the ninja stuff that they're doing. So I caught it. I caught it on my second viewing, but she has two scars on her chest. So you know how the like the the, the children get heavily scarred. We'll right. get to that in a little bit yeah. as well. But the, they all are heavily scarred. I think he noticed the scars on her chest. Nice. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes perfect sense. One of the things I loved here was as they're fighting, Rezo like he gets caught off guard. Right? Like she kind of like sneak yeah. attacks him. He doesn't have any weapons. He starts using the sheet as a weapon. Yeah. This is awesome. like ding 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 like new weapon we haven't seen before. Someone yeah, exactly. using a sheet, a white bed sheet. Yeah. Great. Love that. Then the movie cuts to the laundromat employee kind of seeing something on his monitor. Like he's in the back room. He sort of sees something happening and he comes out to see what's going on. No one's around though, but the washing machine is running and you you hear like a thud, thud, thud. Like there's maybe a shoe in there or something. 
Yeah, we know classic. it's a, we know it's a head. We know, we it's, know it's a head. head. Yeah, of course. and blood just starts leaking out of it. Cool visual. So, really cool visual. Yeah, because the laundromat's white... all white, right? Yeah, exactly. You got the white washing machine, and it's so white. And then the blood just starts leaking. Like it's just at first, it's just kind of like a drip leaking out, but then it's like a bunch of drips leaking out. It just looks like really great how they got it to kind of drip in different uh, at different speeds and stuff out of there. It just looks awesome. Yep. Now, in the first half of this movie, we get several flashback sequences from different periods that give us insight into Rezo and this clan of ninja and both of their motivations for this movie. The first one we get is of Rezo as a child being trained. Now, this is something that we haven't seen a lot of in our ninja walkthrough. Um, the idea of like showing us a child being hardened into a warrior. So yeah, I thought true. this was a refreshing take. We, we've, yeah. we've heard about it. We've heard them being like trained as children, but we've never seen it. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I did like seeing... Uh, how young they were. You know, there's something about seeing how small they are when they're like getting just like uh, when they have to, with the things that they have to do when they're that small and getting like punished for not doing them correctly and like beating on each other, things like that when they're so tiny. Yeah, it was definitely very, uh, very effective. I, I, I like that part in this movie. Yeah, it's shocking. Like the training is yeah. so brutal. Oh, yeah. Like Rezo, he's maybe 10. And, you know, as we were just alluding to, he already has scars all over his body. And you have like kids fighting other kids with weapons. Kids are being harshly punished for failure. Rezo in one part, he's being trained to walk silently and he makes too much noise. So Lord Ozunu cuts the bottoms of his feet, like cuts each yeah, one nice. like four times. Man. We also see here that Lord Ozunu has a special hand technique that he likes to use. He like punches you into the stomach and like grabs an organ and kind of squeezes it. But his hand, yeah, his hand's geez. not penetrating your flesh. He just like it looks like it. he gets it all the way in, though. His hand kind of disappears yeah. and he's all the way in there squeezing something. Ugh. And he does that to Rezo and Rezo's like yeah. crippled for like half a day or something. He can't even move. Yeah. They also show us that Lord Uzunu, he cuts his hand wide open with a knife. And then we get to watch it heal like Wolverine. And he tells all the kids that this is their clan's power. So yeah. this is where like a bit of the supernatural comes in. This is, this is yeah. kind of the only thing, but it's obviously something that people can't do. Yeah, it's a really interesting scene because he like he cuts his hand and then it's basically instantly healed like he does it right away. And then he's like basically giving them a, them a speech that like they'll be able to get there eventually um, with all the work that they put in. And then th there's food in front of everyone. And he says, if you eat right now, you'll work twice as hard tomorrow um, as in like a punishment. Like he's going to work you twice as hard tomorrow if you eat right now. And uh, everybody's eating. Everybody's eating except for. Uh, rain here. Um, Rezo. Rezo. Everyone's eating except for Rezo here. Um, so it's just you get a little bit of him too with this. Uh, how he's he's uh, determined. He's determined to uh, do a good job at least at this at this brutal uh, this brutal training. So wait, wait, wait. He's not eating, but then he's not going to have to work twice as hard. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. So it, it, if you eat, 
he's the, the you're going to get worked twice as hard the next day. So he doesn't eat, so he doesn't get the fuel, but he works he has to work half as hard as the other people. Okay. Like he's going to get he's not going to get punished as much as the others. So he's being smart. But they he's just like they had it. to give yeah, they had to give in to their current hunger and he sort of pushed it aside so that he would for the future, you know, for the next day being easier on him. Right, cuz he's been punished a lot. He's been punished a lot. Yeah, he doesn't want to work twice as hard the next day. Yeah, the movie does, you know, end up getting getting there with Rezo and the idea that Ozunu, you know, thought he was going to be his number one guy. Like, yeah. he's the number one student as a child here. Our next flashback takes us to Rezo as a teenager. You know, we also get to see he's kind of, he's still number one. Uh, and yeah. then that, that all that starts to fade away in a little bit. But um, in this teenager flashback, we get to see him getting very close with a girl. Her name is Kariko. We saw her clean his feet when they got cut up when they were kids. Yeah. And now as a teenager, she is still into him and he begins to take a liking to her. She beats another kid in a training session and Lord Ozunu tells her to cut the kid as his punishment for losing. She refuses and Ozunu cuts her across the face and then mm. locks her in like an isolation isolation cage. Yeah. When she's allowed out, she wants Rezo to leave with her, and he says no, and that his life is with the clan, so she goes alone. She's quickly caught and killed in front of all the students by Takeshi. Yeah. Yeah. Brutal. And, yeah, Takeshi is like, him and Rezo are like fighting for the number one, number one spot. So... I thought the movie did a good job of building up like this innocent love between the two. Yeah. Like just even starting as kids and then moving it on to the teenagers, they built a deep enough connection in the short time that we actually had with them that I bought him like later on doing the things he's doing because of this, because that, because she got killed. Um, you know, he wants to take his revenge and I did buy it. I, I bought I bought him. Yep. You can kind of see him getting angry along the way as different things are happening. You could see his resentment for uh, Ozunu. And uh, yeah, they did they did just enough, not too much. Uh, I thought it was it was a well played kind of like love connection. Yeah, I think it's great. I think that's why all these different uh, flashbacks spread over uh, many years uh, is is like helpful is like kind of crucial to make it work for us because she does these little things um for him in these moments that teach him kind of compassion and so you can see as she would be doing these things over a number of years he would start to sort of get it and catch on because like they do a really good job of making him kind of the number one student and it's not because he doesn't fail all the time because he does and that's like what they have to show us too that he fails and he gets whipped he gets his feet slashed when he's like makes a little creak in the floor but he always keeps going like he always then continues this the when, when he made the creak on the floor and then got the bottoms of his feet sl slashed he kept going you know he kept sneaking with his bloody feet when he got the organ squished thing um he was on the floor for half a day but then in the morning he was up me like meditating and just like ready to go so he always got back up and that was why he was sort of the top of the class so she kind of comes in and, and teaches him a little bit more of compassion like it's okay to like have your feet healed up a bit you know it's okay to not 
uh, just give this other guy who's already down and beaten and bloody, it's fine to not give him this slash. So I really liked their moments together. And I'm same as you. I totally bought it um, that this would affect him because um, she's kind of like opening up his eyes to other things in the world. And that becomes what she wants to do. She wants to actually run away because she doesn't want this life. And that's not even an option to him, right? He's never even thought about it before that moment. So even though in that moment, he's like, no, nah, my life's here. At least it was put into his head by someone who's been kind of teaching him things along the way. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, she definitely taught him some stuff. Um, yeah. Like at one point, he 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 says he doesn't even have a heart. She's like, yeah, so there's something about like, you want to hear my heartbeat? And then he listens to her heart and she's like, can I listen to yours? He's like, I don't have one. And he believed it. He's like, he believed he didn't have a heart. And then she's like, yeah. no, you do like listen to it beating. And then they ended up having this weird like heart connection where they could hear each other's yeah. hearts beating. And I felt like almost like like almost like touched the other person through their heartbeats in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but but backing up to what you said about Rezo, um, always kind of getting up and continuing on. Lord Ozunu was a great motivator in that regard. Um, he was always telling them, like, you need to get up. You need to you need to learn to control this pain for what's to come. And that paid off huge later on and actually helped me accept a lot of the things that we were seeing. Uh, just yeah. knowing that these what these kids went through, they learned the ability to put pain in the back, you know, in the back seat and continue yeah. on through really hard situations, which we get to see a little bit down the line here. We get to see some like people taking brutal attacks and having massive injuries, but getting up and running. And yeah, you're like, well, sure. how, how the fuck can you do that? Yeah. And this is what helps that out for me is knowing like how rough their childhood was and how Ozunu made them continue on and forget about the pain. Yeah. Probably for like eight to 10 years, every single day, yep. you know, they were dealt this pain and, and yep. taught about dealing with this pain. Yeah. One other thing that they showed in this flashback that was really good is we got a great, a great fight between like teenage Takeshi and Rezo, the two top students. And Takeshi has this incredible Darth Maul sword. It's the yeah. double-bladed like katana. It looks really neat. And Rezo prefers the Kusari Gamma, which is our favorite. My, my favorite. I was going to say, that is my favorite. Man, it looks fucking awesome in this movie. It's the chain with the blade on the end. We're huge fans of it. We want to see it in every movie. And it is in this movie so much. It's so just, much. It's, it's a the go-to weapon. Yeah, it's a real treat. Yeah, I love it. Like choreographed, like long choreographed fights with this weapon is such a treat. Yeah, and like lots of really good CG to make it like. Oh, for sure. Lots yeah. of times it's flying towards the camera and the blade just kind of looks like it misses the camera and then like swoops yeah. back into the scene. And there's always those like 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 wind effects behind it like same as the throwing yeah. stars you can see like a blast of wind kind of behind it same with this uh, kusuri gamma which yeah, is totally. really hard for me to say yeah <laughs> i'm having a <laughs> lot of trouble say saying either. this this word yeah i can't say it either i don't just want to call it his like chain blade though because i feel like I you feel have like, the word. I you feel have like it in this... front of you, you might as well try it. <laughs> After ten months, I feel like I owe it. I owe yeah. more to this podcast than I know. I than know. Saying the chain blade, I'm probably going to say the chain blade. It's fine. Yeah. 
Now, Mika has been following a trail of information, and it's taken her to the house of an ex-KGB agent who was also investigating the clans, but he was killed. Mika gets to see some of his research, including old scrolls, a map, and a VHS tape with footage of Rezo fighting a ninja. Mm. Mika's getting too close, though, and she comes home to find a sealed envelope with black sand in it. Yes, okay, wait, before we go on, mm-hmm. I just wanted to say, I like this KJ, KGB guy where she uh, she visits um, the KGB guy's wife and to like talk about what it was like before his death. And the wife was like, oh, yeah, he was just like installing lights everywhere. Like lights had to be everywhere all over the house. I thought that was awesome. That's such a good like you're paranoid that you're going to be killed by these ninja that you're investigating. So you just put lights all over your house. Great idea. It's a great idea. And people do it again in the movie. It's like the go to. It's like install lights everywhere. Light up the whole area so that no ninja can get in. And then the most obvious thing always happens. The <laughs> fucking the ninja. The, no, they don't even take out the lights. They take out the power. Okay. Yeah. All they true, have to the do. Power, they, yeah. All they do is like they cut the, they cut one yeah. power line and all the yeah. lights go out. Yeah. That's so obvious. That's not what you would think, right? Like I'm thinking, no. okay, they're going to have to go in and take them out one by one. Right. And sometimes yeah. in the movie they do. Sometimes you see the throwing stars go up and the lights smash out. Really, really fun stuff to watch. But like when push comes to shove, and a, a field is lit up with lights. They just cut <laughs> yeah. the fucking power. And it's probably the yeah, easiest thing for them to do. So right. <laughs> it's like this, this kind of funny thing where I think of how much yeah. effort these people put in to setting up all these lights. And they forget that all you have to do is like cut one cable, like the one, ca- the one sure. power yeah. cable. For sure. Yeah. I liked, I just like the weird specific paranoia of I have to add so many lights. My house always has to be lit up. And your wife's just like, huh? What do you, why? <laughs> How about having that guy as your neighbor? He's got like yeah, spotlights exactly. on 24, 24 hours <laughs> a day. Night. All night yeah, long. Exactly. All day, all night. All day long. Yeah. Great. Now we're in Mika's house here. She's in like an office, like a small room or office. A ninja creeps out of the shadows to cut her face off, but is stopped by Rezo, who's hiding in the shadows in the same small room. So th- this ninja raised its sword to kill Mika. And on the downstroke of the sword attack, it's caught by Rezo's chain. Yeah. Let's think about this for a second. Okay. Because this scene, this might've been the coolest thing. Was, I think it was definitely the coolest thing I've seen in this movie. It's definitely yeah. one of the coolest things I've seen all year long in the ninja action. Yeah. You have a small room. Just picture the size of an office, like a third bedroom in a house. Yeah. You have a ninja hiding in the shadows. And you also have Rezo hiding in the shadows. And the ninja doesn't know Rezo's there. Incredible. The ninja's hiding behind the door. And Rezo is hiding behind the door, but above him. Like, yeah. with his arms in the two corners of the wall. This blew my fucking mind, dude. Incredible. I know. Like, as good as the ninja are at hiding, that yeah. guy got outsmarted. Like, I guess he came in the room second. I don't know. Rezo was already there. Maybe. Or maybe he yeah, was there. Maybe be. he was there first, and Rezo was still able to sneak in 
and he's so good that in the shadows, he like climbed above this guy. Yeah. I didn't even understand what I was watching the first time, you know, because this one ninja comes out and then another ninja comes out. I'm like, there's two of them, but one of them is there to actually stop this. The first one I was like, oh, they're, yeah. they're not from the same clan. They're fighting each other. What the fuck is going on? Wild scene where Mika doesn't know what's going on. She's got a flashlight and a handgun. She's pointing it at them. She's like trying to follow them as they're fighting around the room. And she can't even move the flashlight fast enough to like keep them in the light. Yeah. And she's shooting all over the room and nobody's getting hit. This was awesome. I loved it. So awesome, dude. It's it's so cool. Um, this is when it started to click in for me that I've seen this movie multiple times before because I was like, oh, this scene. Like, I know about this scene. I know about the ninja hiding in the room before the other ninja got there. You know, two ninjas hiding and you didn't know. You were just worried that there might be one in the room <laughs> that's going to attack her and there's another one there to save her. Uh, I, I remembered this, I remember, and I just like couldn't place, I don't know why I didn't place it with this movie because like, this is the movie I wanted to throw in here, uh, because I just remembered liking it in theaters, but like, this is where it was from. I just, I had a vision of this. I, sometimes I think I read it in, I read it in comic books. So I thought maybe I read this in a comic book or something. No, this was so awesome. Absolutely loved it. Um, yeah. And the fight's great continuing on because you, you, someone's just in that small room trying to keep a flashlight on them. And they're still just kind of like disappearing. She'll get the flashlight on them for like a couple seconds and try to like follow them. And then all of a sudden they're like on the other side of the room. <laughs> they just like disappeared. They, once they hit shadow, once shadow just slightly got them, they were gone. They were gone from that light and they were on the other side of the room. So awesome. Uh, this is, yeah, the movie, the movie's been doing a lot of setup. Like after that amazing opening, the movie's been doing a lot of setup uh, yeah. to just like set these characters up. And then boom, here it's like, okay, now we're off. We're running. Uh, here's a great scene to start it off. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So Rezo pulls out his Kusari Gamma and puts it through the ninja's head. Oh, yeah. And he tells Mika that they won't stop coming for her, but he can help her if she'll trust him. Mika tells him what she knows, which is that clans have been supplying a ninja to governments or anyone that has 100 pounds of gold for a thousand years. Then another great fight sequence as we get a flashback to Rezu and his first kill for the clan. Yep. And that kill is a giant of a man in a small restroom. Rezu is dressed in all white, which was just so great for how much blood is about to come out in this scene. It's all for exposition, right? We just want to see him get covered in blood. Rezu sneaks up behind this guy who's taking a piss. Or maybe he's washing his hands or something. Yeah. Rezu stabs him in the neck with a knife. The guy turns around, punches him, and says, that kind of tickled. (laughs) <laughs> uh oh! Uh oh! Yeah, no, Uh-oh. no doubt. One of those, one of those big guys. One of those big guys who can take a knife. Yeah, yeah, in the neck. In the neck. Yeah, yeah, right in the neck, and he's like, hmm, "That's fine." Blood is spraying out. Yeah. Rezu stabs him in the stomach, leg, arm. Is punching him over and over. And ends up smashing the dude's face on a urinal several times and killing him. It's so brutal. It's such a it's such a brutal fight. It's like the laundromat, except we saw it this time because it's another like yeah. really white environment. 
Yeah. But blood is spraying out of this guy's neck. It starts spraying out of his arm. It's spraying out of his leg. It's everywhere. Yeah. And they set this up really well, too, at least for me, because um, he's being asked uh, by Naomi Harris. He's being asked by her why he quit or like why he doesn't want to be an, a ninja assassin anymore. And we cut to this, his first mission. So I'm thinking like, oh, he's going to like go to this guy who's got kids and a wife and he doesn't want to kill that person because he feels bad about it. You know, something like that. But he just walks into this bathroom with this like bruiser dude and they have this huge throwdown brawl. And I was like, okay, well, I guess it wasn't because of that because that that just seemed like a, a brutal, brutal fight with a brutal guy. Yeah, no, I, I think the reason is what we learn immediately after this, exactly. this fight yeah. scene yeah, where, exactly. where we find ourselves on the roof and this is another Mark of the Ninja reference yeah. here, dude. Like him on the roof, the like the black, kind of the black night sky. It's raining. You can see the city in the background, but it's just black buildings with lights on. This just reminded me so much of yeah. like the first level totally. of Mark of the Ninja. Yeah. But up on the roof, Lord Ozunu is there. And he has another girl who ran from the clan. Ozunu wants Rezu to be the one to kill her because he can't run from the clan. Yeah. Instead, Rezu uses his Kusari Gamma and slices Ozunu across the face, which sparks a great fight between Rezu and the clan on the roof, in the dark, in the rain. So good. And Rezu, like, he does a good job. He fucks up a few of them. But he's overwhelmed by a barrage of throwing stars. Yeah. And he gets sent flying off the side of the building into the water below. Yeah. Wow. What did you like was, about um, this, this scene? I, I just love that it was raining, man. It was raining so hard. Yeah. It was awesome. This is this um, is classic. Like, sorry, this is just, just to step in for a yeah. sec. This is classic Wachowski's rain. Yeah, you're like, how is this even possible? Just dumping buckets of rain on this rooftop. Um, then just like the the um, the amount of guys he has to fight in this in this fight, like on this rooftop. It's just like, how is he going to do this? Like, I know he's great and everything, but there's so many there. He's taking like a bunch of them out, um, but he's also there dealing blows to him. And then when he gets the stars, when he gets sort of the throwing stars and he gets kind of knocked off the side... Uh, I'm worried. Like, I don't know what's going on here. He's just falling off this building for like so long. I'm like, he's dead. <laughs> he's If he falls any, like, I, I obviously know he's not because we've seen him in the future, but how could he not be dead? And then I forget that he can land in water. Um, so he, he, you know, he lands in water and he's okay. But like, it was very effective for me. I really liked when he took all the stars to the chest and he was falling off of that building. It made it like, uh, it got me, um, it got me worried. It got me very worried for him. Yeah. Same. Like, you're expecting him just in every situation to beat up everybody, but that's that's not the case. Yeah, or get out of there if like he knows he like fight everyone, beat them up to a point where it's like I can get away. Just totally expecting that to happen. Maybe I knew he wouldn't beat them all, but he'd get away. But yeah, he's taking blows here. That was another thing too. Like the ninja, the clan, like they're really sticky in this movie. Yeah, like they get they get on top of him really quick. And even when he's running away, several times he'll have to stop and actually fight them off before he can start running again. So yeah. that, that was one you know aspect that I also really liked was that you know they catch him all the time. 
they're faster yeah. than him. Yeah. I loved it. I, I love his line about that when Naomi Harris asks him, he's like, oh, they're hunting us. And she says, like, dogs? And he says, no, like wolves. And oh, I just yeah, that, that was a good like, one. Yeah. So good. Yeah, the pack. Yeah. Now, Mika's boss has set up a trap to catch Rezu by using Mika as bait. And they do capture him. Yeah. This was a very nice twist that I was not expecting. And... I was really hoping to see him escape on his own, though. Like, as soon as he yeah. got caught, I'm like, I can't wait for this escape scene. And it didn't end up happening. Like, what ended up happening was Mika ends up, like, helping him escape. And I definitely didn't like that as much as what I had in my mind of what was going to happen. Yeah. I totally agree, because what can happen here is so easy. The lights go out. And then emergency lights turn on, like have the lights go out and have the emergency lights turn on and he's gone. Like he escaped himself as soon as those yeah. lights went out. That's all he was waiting for. Right. For those lights to go out and then he's gone. Even beyond that, I was I was looking for him to escape in the light. So like, yeah, okay. He, he, yeah. He's in this room. It's completely lit up. There's yeah. like a, a guard with a gun in the room. I still wanted to see him escape from this. Yeah, but like, yeah, I, even I, as, I as you said, it, even just when the lights go out, which they eventually do, just have him escape there. That's that's yeah. another great call. It was a good scene though. Like, um, this is like the in, Europol or whatever. They've got like this this base where they've captured Rezu, and I, I don't know what the fuck they're doing here. They're like trying to. I don't know if they're trying. I think they're using him as bait to capture the clan potentially. Um. This 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 part isn't fleshed out very well, but yeah, basically, I think I think the idea of this part is that Naomi Harris's partner is also taking orders from someone. I think the like idea is that even the uh, even like this ninja clan has like infiltrated their way into this, uh, you know, this police uh, unit because like he is nervous from the the um, orders he's getting, but his orders are to bring like that guy there. So I think, I think just like they're going to bring Rezo there and then the clan's going to come get him. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't, I never, I didn't take it that way, but that's, I'm, I'm not, I'm not against that. Yeah. Yeah. So the clan, they do show up and you've got the ninja clan hiding in the shadows Versus the, you know, Europol army guys with machine guns. Fuck yeah. And machine guns are no match for fucking Shadow Ninja. Can't hit Shadow Ninja. You can't see them. What are you shooting at? Can't see them. There's a really cool part where the guy is like kind of sort of like really close to a ninja, unloads his machine gun, and the ninja just hits all the bullets back with his sword right back (laughs) into the guy. Yeah. Yeah. Great. That's good. Uh, again, I just love what the throwing stars are doing. You know, they're they're like they're frequently happening. Um, it's, it wasn't just like one thing where like one scene you see them using throwing stars. This is their go-to move. It's like whenever they come upon a bunch of people, they unload these fucking throwing stars. Yeah, and yeah. it is so awesome. They are so impactful. It reminded me of like the biggest squib you've ever seen in a movie like RoboCop came to mind. Total recall came to mind. These like squibs where someone gets hit and it does so much damage. That's what every single one of these throwing stars would do. 
like like a guy would get hit with like six of them. Like his body's oh, like, yeah. <laughs> like utterly destroyed from yeah. these throwing stars. They look like they weigh like I don't know two or three pounds each. Oh, we get to see a guy sharp. I think I think it's Razu Re- sharpening one at one point. Right. It's, yeah. It looks so big and so heavy. Yeah. I don't even know how you'd throw it. And these fucking ninja are blasting them out like just whipping 150 it. miles an hour. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I I love like the blood in this movie. It's like most of it's like CGI blood, but I think it just like really works with the tone of the movie. So like when someone get hit gets hit with one of those stars and just like all of this blood goes flying, I think it just like looks great. I think it uh, works really well. Yeah, it's really like watered down blood. Yeah, and I don't, oh, I don't know sure, if that yeah. I don't know if that makes sense, but. Yeah, it's very watery. It's very yeah. like it's very watery. Yeah, and I, and I know like blood is like mostly water, but sometimes when you see blood in movies, maybe maybe it's gooey, maybe a bit gooey. Right. Yeah. 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 This is like I don't know. It just feels like the body's really, really, really full. Um, like it's yeah. almost <laughs> like if you cut a water balloon with a yeah. sword, and right. like how the water might spray out of that balloon. It's very true. That's kind of like what what these kills looked like. When someone got hit with a sword, it looked like they had a water balloon in their tummy and it just shot a bunch of like red liquid blood out. Yeah, it's like those slow motion videos of like a water balloon full of water and then it gets hit by like a dart and you see how the water reacts in like slow motion. It was like that. It was the water was acting or like the blood was acting like that. Yeah. Now, this whole like ninja clan coming to this warehouse uh, where Rezu's being held. This basically starts off a 10-minute sequence of Rezu fighting and running away from the clan. Yep. This was 10 minutes of excellence in, like, environmental interaction in this warehouse. They are running through the warehouse... They are continually like jumping from one level to another. They're bouncing off pillars. You know, it's mostly Rezu trying to like escape attacks. Like they're throwing stars at him. He's dodging by like going wherever he can. Um, He has to stop a few times to fight back and then keeps running. Rezu probably kills like 15 guys here in the process using his uh, Kusuri Gamma. Um, he's like cutting guys' feet off with it. He's throwing guys with it. He's defending sword attacks with it. It's just all really fucking awesome. Yeah. It's just like, <laughs> I can't believe this 10-minute sequence. It's so great. There, there's a part in it where like the clan kind of corner him in a room, and we don't mm-hmm. see any of them, but we hear them for the first time. Yes. And they all speak in whispers, but it's yeah. like multiple voices layered on top of each other. And they're all kind of saying their own thing. Holy shit, dude. It's so it's like creepy and cool. Yeah, so good. I, I love that that scene because they kind of he, he's running with Naomi Harris at that point and they kind of stop and turn around and like nobody's there. Nobody's in that room at all. And he's like, you got to get out of here. And I love that he senses like he knows. He knows when they're there. And he's like, you got it. You got to get out of here. She gets out of there. And as soon as she leaves, they just start popping up like kind of all at the same time from behind things. And all of a sudden, this giant room you were looking at where you didn't see anything 
all of a sudden there's just like 20 ninjas slowly coming out from behind things looks so good and then yeah you're like okay where are we going to go from here there's so many of them and you get this great like parkour type action yeah chasing just like jumping on stuff there's so much he jumps uh from like uh, long distances high up distances different elevations for like so much of this chase uh, he's taking such a beating like they're not just like i jump and now i'm here and i'm fine he's like jumping somewhere that's going to knock the wind out of him and then he's got to get up and do it again uh it really feels like desperation it feels like a desperation chase here and if he loses a step he's dead and he just keeps staying one step ahead or sometimes turning around and fighting just to get back going get back running uh it is a great great uh chase scene yeah desperation is a great way to put it he he even misses a jump uh, i remember him yeah. like bailing really really hard one time and he he just has to get up and keep going but you could tell he wanted <laughs> obviously he like didn't want to smash to the ground on his stomach yeah but he did because like, he missed it it was so cool he he jumped on like a platform of wood and, and the and platform broke. like broke yeah. he like missed the jump he was like shorting it a bit too like so he wasn't his feet landing it was like half his body landing yeah. but then it broke yeah and he was just on the ground it's like that's probably not what you wanted to do no well, yeah he's lying flat on his face yeah <laughs> really fun though this this chase yeah. in the warehouse spills out onto the street where they're running through traffic. They are jumping in between and on top of cars. Rezu is definitely taking his fair share of damage. Uh, he probably gets cut by a sword seven or eight times in this chase. Yep. And yep. he gets hit by a couple throwing stars. And then he also gets hit by a car. Oh, they go like you go onto the street and you're not just on the street like the cars are a huge factor in this chase and it's so awesome this car like this chase on the street is so great they're jumping over cars they're getting like kind of sideswiped by cars they're having to dodge cars the just use of the traffic in, on this street street chase is excellent so good yeah so after being hit by a car Rezu is he's pretty much down and about to be killed by Takeshi when Mika shows up in her car and hits Takeshi and is able to get Rezu in and they get away. Yeah. Now Mika gets him to a hotel where he can rest because his stomach looks like he was bitten by a great white shark. It does look like that, Tim. That is exactly what it looks like. It's gash. The gash is, is it's gaping. Massive. It's massive. It's massive. No rest for him, though, as the clan quickly finds him and they take him to Lord Ozunu. But on the way there, they've got him in like a box or something. On the way yeah. there, we see him healing his wounds. So he's learned that skill. Yeah, he's learned that skill. I wonder if he had it back when um, Ozunu like crushed his organ. And I wonder if like that, because he was in so much pain, like doubled over. And then the next morning he was like meditating and Ozunu was pretty happy with him. So I wonder if that was the start of kind of learning it. But yeah, now he's got this gash in the middle of his chest that's closing up. So um, he's definitely honed the skill. Yeah, I think that's where he learns it. That that's yeah. I think that's what the movie wants, wants you to think. Yeah, right. That that's like the first time he's kind of really using it to yeah. heal was that organ thing. Um, and then now he's yeah just closing up a huge wound. So Rezu is brought before Ozunu at their headquarters, which 
dude, we only get to see their headquarters for a fraction of a second, but it's a fucking temple built out of the side of a mountain. Yeah, man. It might have been the best visual in the movie, and we we literally get it for maybe one second. Yeah, barely. I had to rewind to even see what I was looking at, and then I I saw it again. I was like, wow. That... Wow. Wow. Amazing. It was great. Um, I wanted so much more of that. Yeah. But uh, Rezu's tied up to a pole. He's going to be killed here for being a traitor. That's what this is all about, is he he left. He left the yeah. clan. They, they sure. want to kill him. Traitors must be killed. And Ozuna uses his special hand technique like three times in a row on him. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> like uh Rezu says like you're getting weak old man or something like that and like just I love it yeah harsh burns him in the middle of it <laughs> yeah and uh <laughs> squishing your organs man <laughs> after the third one Rezu spits out a tracking device ah now Dean did you pick up on how he got this tracking device yeah that uh that uh, Mika uh basically fed it to him when he was passed out no I think that's incorrect oh. Oh, I think uh, when he was chained up in the warehouse, Mika brings him that bottle of water. Oh, and he takes a sip okay. out of it and she's studying his face very closely. And then by the end of it, he swallows almost like he's his, he has a th- like a sore throat. Like it it was laboring oh. for him to swallow. Oh, okay. I think she put it in him at that time. Okay, I thought she put it in when he was sleeping. What she did was she put a tracker in his hand when he was sleeping yeah. so that they'd find him. But I think she had a different tracker that she fe- in his fed body. him in the water bottle. Okay, okay. If you watch it again, keep an eye out for that. Yeah. I think that's 100% what happened. Okay, cool. Well, with that tracker being spit out, Europol immediately comes crashing through the wall in Hummers with bazookas blowing the shit out of the place. Yeah. It was immediate. It. <laughs> it was like, yeah. It's kind of funny because I don't know if this was your experience with it, but this was mine is he gets that third gut punch and he yeah. like coughs up blood. And then you hear like a ting, ting, ting. Like you hear yeah. the tracker come out, but none of the ninja notice it. And but I'm like that he just coughed something up, okay, yeah. And I'm like, I think that's a tracking device, and I think, you know, the cavalry's coming, but yeah. nobody's doing anything. And then <laughs> all of a sudden, there's a ninja ringing the bell, like at the gate, like the lookout <laughs> right. person. It's just like ding, 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 ding. And then like as she, the person rings it like three times, and a Hummer just comes crashing through the wall, and everybody's <laughs> just caught there. off guard. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's great. It was, it was like a really great timing sequence. It's just everything happened so fast. Yeah, yeah. And here's where they have like their lights. They've brought their lights so you can sh- they shine their lights on all the ninjas. And this is where I like now they're picking them off with their guns. Like in the shadows, well, yeah. couldn't hit yeah, them. They're all out in couldn't the open. Couldn't even touch them. Yeah. yeah, useless. But now that they're out in the open, they got the lights on them. They can get them. So, I, yeah, I really like the what this movie presents as uh, in the shadows and in the light. They're much different than ninjas. Yeah, it's really cool, like, watching the ninjas, like, scurrying and trying to get away. They're yeah, just, like, scrambling. Yeah, just trying to run. climbing up the sides of buildings and, like, on the roofs, yeah. just trying to get to the darkness. It was yeah. amazing, man. It was really cool to watch. It was almost like 
It reminded me of like a vampire who if the light is on yeah. them, their skin's going to burn and they're that aggressive at trying to get back into the shadow. For sure. Yeah. They were just scrambling. It was awesome. Now, Rezu meets up with five ninja, including Takeshi, and they're in a traditional dojo training room. But since everything's burning around them, because, you know, the, the army here is blowing the shit out of everything, everything's on fire, this dojo training room is full of glowing embers just floating around yeah. everywhere. Looked really, really nice. Great. Um, this fight sequence here was a bit shorter than I was expecting. Um, you know, this is Takeshi, like the guy that he kind of was raised to be, you know, trying to be better than. Takeshi yep. killed the girl he, he you know, he liked. Um, I thought this this might go on for a bit longer. Happened pretty quick, but it's fine. You know, um, what did you think of this scene where, where he fights these these ninja here? I think it really works, and I think it works because Ozunu is going to be the big bad of the movie, and sometimes in movies like this, the big bad is actually less, you know, lesser, and like the second, the the person second in command, the top student is actually the best one to fight, so that fight will go on for longer, right. and then the big bad will go quicker. It'll just be something over like that, so I didn't mind it at all. I was like caught off guard. I was like, oh, wow, that was quick. I didn't I didn't realize that that would end so quickly. But then as soon as it starts up with Ozuno or I'm like, oh, like I get it now. Like this is we needed to get to this fight because this is the real one that mattered. This guy's way better. This guy's so much better. It's going to be much more of a challenge. I don't even I, I don't care anymore that that was quick. I like that that was quick. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree with that because it is done really well because we haven't seen anything out of Ozunu. Other than the fact that he likes to hurt children and he's yeah. cut his hand and can heal. Up to this point, I really didn't know if he was powerful or not. So exactly. we kind of get to this this final battle and it could be Rezu killing him in one second or not. So I was curious as to what was going to happen here. Yeah. Yeah. And the two of them do come face to face. Rezu throws his Kusuri Gamma out. Ozuna catches it and breaks it in half. Like rips the chain in half. Yeah. Wow. We haven't seen that yet. No. And like he's been using it so much in this movie and nobody's come close to breaking it. And just like the first thing, boom, broken. Yes. Oh, uh, shit. So this is where yeah, this is where I realized, oh, okay, yeah. it's on. We, we got a battle uh -oh. on our hands here. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Ozunu, he starts disappearing in the shadows and he's going like in and out of the shadows from one side of the room to the other, just Great. popping out and cutting yeah. Rezu. There's a really cool shot here where they're fighting behind one of those like paper walls, you know, like a, like a gridded paper wall, if that makes sense. And we can see their silhouettes on the other side. And then we just see splashing of blood hitting the wall. Amazing. And yeah. you you know it's all Rezu's blood. It's all his. Just like oh, one yeah, after another. Sure. Uh, it looked like a video game. I, I yeah. loved it. It didn't look like a Mark of the Ninja. Yeah. There was nothing like that in it. But it looked no. like a video game. Yeah. I was going to say it looked like a comic book. Um, but comic like book too, uh, yeah. 
a comic book would do that type of thing for sure. And uh, yeah, it would be, it was so cool. It, it was, it was a great visual. I was just like, my jaw dropped. It, it looked awesome. Yeah, same. Now they make their way into a room that it just has like large flames in the background. Like the camera's positioned kind of on one side of the room. It's a widescreen shot. We can see the room where the two guys are going to be fighting. And then we can see the like the wall and windows behind it. And there's just giant flames behind it. Like the outside of the building is on fire. But it, it yeah. just created this really cinematic final location for a fight scene. I loved it. It's so sick. Yeah, it's so sick in this in this final scene. It looks awesome. Ozunu is disappearing into smoke, which we did see before. We've seen it like maybe once or twice that the ninja actually, like almost like the way they get from shadow to shadow is to turn into smoke yeah. and make their way th- like as a shadow to right. the shadow. And, yeah, and that's yeah. what Ozunu's doing here. Yeah. He hits Rezu several times with this technique. Rezu is about to be killed with the final blow. But Mika comes in and shoots Ozunu, so Ozunu puts his sword through her heart. Rezu hides for a moment and then starts using the same technique Ozunu was, which was hiding and then blasting like in and out of the shadows. He cuts Ozunu a few times, then cuts off his arm before landing the final blow, which looked very painful, and it was a sword right beside your shoulder yeah, and then all the way down to like where your waist would be. <laughs> like just the full yep. length of the sword through your body. All the way in. And then all he the twisted in. it to like cut out. Yeah. He like ripped it through his back. It was like, as soon as he put it through, I was like, I don't know. I don't know if that's going to be enough. This guy can heal. And then he ripped it through his back and I was like, okay, that's probably enough. <laughs> You're probably fine. Yeah. I think he was good. It felt like how many organs can I like rip out yeah. in one blow? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I think he's dead That you, now that you ripped it through his back. Yeah. So Mika is taken outside, and it looks like she's going to be okay, Dean, because her heart isn't where it's supposed to be either. Hmm. Throwback to the opening scene and the tattoo artist. Yep. Then we see Rezu. Uh, it's a bit later. His wounds have mostly healed. He's at their headquarters still. You know, everything has been cleaned up. And we see him think back to Kariko and her asking him to leave with her. Then we see him climb the wall that she climbed. He gets to the top. He looks out on the forest and the end. I like it. I like the wall climb at the end here. Um, He mentions in the fight to Azunu that... um, the, the breath that he takes after he kills Azunu will be the first of his life because he's never lived without thinking of this, of being this ninja and having to run from them and having to kill, you know, stop who they're trying to kill. His whole life has been this thing, even though he ran away. So this climbing the wall is like the symbolic actually getting out, actually leaving just like that, uh, that girl wanted him to do back when he was a teenager and she was climbing the wall to go start her life. He climbed the wall to start his life. I really liked it. That is a great call. I was going to ask you what you thought that ending meant. And before I could ask you, you explained it. And I love that. I didn't put those two together. That's awesome. Cool. All right. Well, it's time to rate this fucking movie. 
Let's do it. Let's rate this fucking thing. Um, do, Dean, do you want to go first or second? Uh, I'll go second this time. Okay. Then I'll go first. Okay. <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds good. Weapons and tools. Do we get swords, throwing stars, knives? Are they using bombs? Are they using poison? Do they use ropes and grappling hooks, etc.? Maybe something we've never seen before. So, for me, the weapons were well represented. You have guns, throwing stars, swords, knives, a white sheet, something new. Awesome. Our favorite, the Kusari Gamma. We always like to see that. Darth Maul Blade. What? Awesome. Bazooka, tasers. Tools takes a bit of a hit, though. I only saw climbing claws on a chain. That's all I could uh, equate to tools. My problem is that we only really saw three weapons for the majority of the movie. So most of them were only used one time in a single shot. We mostly see the Kusari Gamma, the sword, and the throwing star. So I was a bit let down by that. But then I started to think like how much we saw of them and how cool they actually were like, I don't want to see other weapons because of how awesome they made those ones look like just this movie could have just been full of people throwing those throwing stars and I would have been happy. So I was never tired of seeing any of those three weapons. While I didn't think I was going to get there, I did eventually get there. I'm giving this a 10 out of 10. Okay. Okay. That's uh, I like it. I like the 10 out of 10. Um, I, I, I had a similar starting process to you that we're seeing, um, you know, the same three to four weapons over and over. Um, but like you said, this is the coolest we've seen these three weapons or four weapons. Like I, I loved seeing it every time. Uh, it's the best it's looked. It's, it was so exciting. Um, there are, there are also like other, uh, there are other things kind of like that we see because we're at the dojo. We see a bunch of different types of weapons. Like you said, they're not really used. Um, but I was the same as you because it was so cool. The ones that we saw, I never really felt like I was missing too much. I did feel like I was missing poison. I really like poison that had like when ninjas use poison, I think that's kind of a unique thing that they do. That's a tool that they use. And I would have liked to see poison. So poison is the one thing for me that's holding it back from a 10, but I did get to a nine just cause it's like, it's the coolest weapons we've seen so far. So I'm going for um, quality over quantity in this one. Okay, cool. Now tactics, are they being ninja? Are they using stealth? Is there infiltration? Are they burning castles down or stealing documents? Are they trying to assassinate someone? Are they camouflaging themselves in trees? Are they hiding in plain sight? Dean, go ahead. I mean, obviously, the hiding stuff is absolutely great. Uh, you're just, they're going to pop out of shadows, and you're staring at the darkness, and all of a sudden, they're there. I'm all often like, how did they even get there? Like, how did they even shoot this? Because I was swore that that was just a shadow in the corner, and all of a sudden, something's... Uh, you know, someone's walking out of it. Something's walking out of it. So obviously that stuff is amazing. Uh, they're uh, obviously assassins. <laughs> That's the, the whole point of the movie. So they're doing that. Things are burning down at the end of the movie. Uh, I, I like a lot of the tactics that they're doing here. 
some things that was new to me that I thought uh, pushed it even over the edge for me, got the tactics even higher, was things like black sand in an envelope before you kill someone. Like, it's a calling card, kind of. And that's a tactic to, like, to send something to the person you're going to kill before you kill them. I thought that was awesome. Also, I liked the... 100 pounds of gold being the payment. <laughs> Anyone who has 100 pounds of gold and then even that being like a monetary value, like, oh, this person uh, transferred this person $55,960.60, which is exactly the value of 100 pounds of gold. I thought that that was a neat tactic for the uh, ninjas to take the exact same payment and have it be something that's been there for thousands of years. So, Anyways, the the whole movie is just amazing ninja tactics that I'm watching. This is 10 out of 10 for me. Okay. Uh, tactics was one that I struggled with. Um, I was having a hard time seeing the tactics. So obviously, like, there's stealth. Uh, some of the best we've seen with the use of shadow and smoke. There's a little bit of infiltration. When it comes to burning of castles, well, their own castle was burnt down. Right. So I'm, I'm giving a minus one for that. But it was burnt down by another ninja. I mean, I guess he didn't do the No, burn. he didn't. The, 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 the Euro yeah, pulled it. This burn. is a minus one. <laughs> right. like, their own right. castle got burnt down. Yeah, yeah, true. Um, but the clan's ability to heal, I thought was really good. That's a cool tactic. Yeah. The tracking device trick, that's okay. I really liked the ninja killing anyone who tries to escape because that's a real good scare tactic for their clan. Um, I didn't think about the envelope. That's a great point. Um, a calling card. That's really cool. I really loved that Rezo had nothing in his apartment so that he could use it to train with his weapons. That's, that's a tactic. Like, have nothing there. Mm. So he has, he has the space. I also really liked that they used a cigarette to mask their scent. It's missing a lot of the traditional things I want to see out of a ninja movie, but I ended up getting a lot further than I had initially thought. I was going to be very low on this, and you know, on the second watch, I really scrutinized it, and uh, this one I'm getting up to a seven. Yeah, okay. Yeah, there's a lot of great things you brought up there for sure. Um yeah, that I even forgot to mention, like this, the cigarette smoke. That's a good thing. I like that because the ninjas are so good at hunting you, so they mask their scent. That's a cool one. Okay, fighting and kills. What do the fight scenes look like? Are they well choreographed? How cool are the moves? Are limbs being lost? Are heads popping off? Do we like the kills? Do they get a reaction out of us? I would say this is the best category of the movie. It just... That everything we're looking for. The fighting is so rad. There's tons of violence. The kills are gnarly. Heads are popping off. Faces are being cut in half, Dean. Limbs are being lost. There's lots of well-staged fight sequences. The best throwing star action we've seen. This was an easy 10 for me. Oh, yeah, for sure. Easy 10. Um it's not just heads popping off, it's fingers, it's feet, it's arms, it's legs, it's half of heads, like everything's popping off in this movie. Um, it's it's so good and and well choreographed. Like like you said, it's like 
Some really great shit here. Very exciting. Every time a fight scene starts up, it is the highest high the movie gets to. And there's a lot of fighting. So it's, uh, yeah, this is definitely the best thing that the movie has to offer. Easy 10 out of 10. Yep. Now, settings and locations. What's the aesthetic of the movie? We love seeing fights in fields, in forests, deserts, in water. Modern movies might not have all that. So for them, what does the set look like? How are they interacting with the location and that type of stuff? So go ahead. Yeah, so, um, you know, there isn't really fields. Okay, there's like a scene in a field and nothing really happens too much. There's a scene in a forest, like someone's running away in a forest. Nothing really happens too much. There's a scene underwater, you know, but nothing really happens too much. So there's a, there's these glimpses of things that could get it a check mark for being there. But it's not like that's what's great about the scene. It's not great that it's in a field. It's not great that it it's underwater. Um, so that was... Those were tough areas for me to like get points on. Um, what was easy for me to get points on was the actual locations that they were using uh, because they always made them very interesting. They always made the elevations very unique. When we're on the street, it's like the cars are a really big part of the scene. When we're in the dojo, there's like hanging fire globes you know hanging fireballs that people have to fight through in one of their training sessions which i thought was awesome to like be aware of your surroundings as well as fighting your opponent i thought that was really cool in the end in the dojo it's like burning to the ground while it's fighting so i thought that like they did go a lot of different places and every place that they went was unique to me and it's because of the way they used it it's because of the way they used it in a fight or the way they used it in their stealth um, so I actually was able to get myself up to an eight out of 10 on this. Okay. So this does fall into the modern ninja movie category. And like most of this movie took place in the city, right? So we need to consider how they used and interacted with the locations in the city. Cause it's obviously not the stuff we're looking for, you know, it's just not, there's no rivers, there's no forests, there's no, you know, all that, all that fun, you know, traditional ninja stuff is out the window here. So almost every fight sequence had people being thrown through a wall or through a urinal or falling from one floor to the next or falling off of a building, running on top of cars. All they did in every single sequence was interact with the environments. So while, yeah, it was repetitive, I never felt like I left the city. And I took notice of at least three stunt people who took incredibly huge falls that I just thought like, I hope that guy gets a bonus or that girl gets a bonus because that was fucking awesome and looked painful. My, my attention wasn't to the, you know, the settings as much as, as it was to what they were doing in the setting. The final battle in the dojo did look incredible. Uh, a really, really great setting. This is another one I struggled with. I, I initially thought this was going to be really, really low, but uh, I got to a seven with it. Now, fun factor. Did we have fun with the movie? Would we watch it again? Would we buy the Blu-ray? Did it go fast or was it a slow drag? So I had a lot of fun with the movie. I would definitely watch this again. I don't think I'd buy it, though. I, I don't think this, this is one that I'm going to watch like five or six times. 
Um, I do recommend anyone who's looking for like a really fun popcorn ninja movie that's full of action and violence to check this out. This is really like the first of its type that we've seen this year. I feel like it drew from elements of maybe three other ninja movies that we've watched and kind of like put them all together in this one really unique movie. Um, it's not perfect. So I can't give it a 10, but I did have a ton of fun and I'm going to give it an eight. Yeah, cool. Um, I had a ton of fun too. Uh, I had really, really high expectations just because I knew I loved it. Um, so as it started, I was like, oh, okay, like this is a little bit slower than I thought. It wasn't nonstop action like I thought it was going to be, but that's just because they were setting a really good story. They were setting like the the building blocks that they needed to really just kill it in the second half where every action scene that happens in the second half actually has emotional ties to it too. So it just makes it even that much better. So really, as I, as I started the movie and was thinking, oh, okay, this might go a bit down for me. It really kicks up in the last half for me. And uh, I, I absolutely love it. I did used to own it. I don't anymore. And I think I would and will uh, repurchase this movie because for me, this is a movie that like, when I get together with my buddies, like we sit down and we throw a movie on and we watch it and like we catch up and we watch a movie. And this is a perfect movie for that. This is a perfect movie to throw on with the guys and just like watch some action. And maybe you're not totally paying attention. You're kind of chatting, but then you tune in for like some awesome action scenes. Uh, yeah. So I think I am going to pick this one up. Uh, this got very high for me too. I, I got a nine out of 10 on this. Okay. So that puts our combined score at an 88 which puts it as the new number four. I think that makes sense. And I, I honestly, dude, as I look at the list, like that's where I think it belongs. This is this yeah. is sort of the great thing about our ninja rating system is as I look at everything we have on the list, for the most part, everything belongs where I think it should. Other yeah. than the one thing I would say is Jack versus the ninja. Sitting, sitting True, at number yeah. eight because it really suffered in one category um, because yeah. basically weapons, all they used was a sword. So we had to give it super yeah. low marks. But if that had that would have been yeah, that should have been way higher. But it, it, it could have been. Just, yeah, yeah I agree. That that's, the, that's the only thing there. That's the only thing on the list that was like, oh, we like absolutely loved that thing. And it's like a middle it's down to, to down, lower. Yeah. yeah. It's down on the list, um, but yeah, everything else seems to be in in a in a good spot. So run run them down for so us. So at number one with a perfect one hundred, duel to the death. At number two with ninety six, shinobi heart under blade. At number three with ninety two, ninja scroll. The new number four with eighty eight, ninja assassin. Number five, mark of the ninja with eighty four. I love that those two are right beside each other because they they it feel like the same thing. Makes sense. Number six, Batman Ninja at 83. Number seven, Ninja at 78. Number eight, Ninja Terminator at 77. Number nine, three-way tie, Jack versus the Ninja, TMNT, The Real World Part 1, and Pray for Death at 74. Number 10, Ninja 3, The Domination with 66. Number 11, Beverly Hills Ninja with 56. Number 12, In the Toilet, American Ninja 2, the confrontation at 43 a movie that i still think people should check out right <laughs> yeah a movie you still kind of it's still fun 
it's still it's a fun. fun yeah. movie. It's it didn't fun. hit our categories yeah. all that well, but it's a fun movie. Right. Yeah. It's still fun. Yeah. Cool. Great. Cool. List. Well, we're down to one, Dean. There's only one oh, more to do. Okay. Okay. I'm looking forward to it. Definitely. I'm 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 uh, hoping it can get close close to that top, but I'm not expecting anything to be uh, 100 out of 100 ever again. Yeah. That was just a, a fluke of our first Ninja movie ever. Um, but yeah, I'm really excited to get into the last one and to wrap up this whole year. I can't believe we're already right at the end I know. Of it. It's been wild. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening. If you'd like to help support us here at Talking Back, we would very much appreciate that. There are some very simple things you can do. First, just tell your friend about Talking Back, share an episode, or you can uh, leave a rating and review at your favorite podcast app. You can leave us a one-time donation of any amount at buymeacoffee.com, or you can sign up to be a patron at patreon.com, and in return for doing that, you'll get bonus episodes every month. And now that this episode's over, don't worry head on over to bfopnetwork.com, check out one of the other amazing nostalgia-based podcasts in our network. We promise you'll find something you like. And if you don't, Dean is willing to take one of those throwing stars to the gut. Toughening up for hockey season. <laughs> Gotta do it. Uh, Dean, you can handle it for, from all the beatings I gave you as a kid. <laughs> it's true. I probably can. <laughs> Dean, thanks for joining. Yeah, thanks, Tim. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll catch you next time. Have you been wondering where's the beef? Well, on our podcast, Throwback Trivia Takedown, you might just find that out, as well as some other things about the 70s, 80s, and 90s. We're a nostalgic-based trivia show that pits two challengers head-to-head in a duel of the decades, with categories ranging from movies, TV, and music, to slang, food, and fashion, you're sure to get the best in retro-themed trivia. So strap on your jelly shoes, grab a surge, and walk like an Egyptian to your favorite podcast app and check out Throwback Trivia Takedown. I heard even Mikey likes it. <laughs>